You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes. Go right by him and field him back. YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can message us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. Almost forgot the email, Tim. It still happens to this day, man. How you doing tonight, pal? Doing all right, Clayton. Glad to be here. Yeah, same here, man. We got a ton to get through. Tim, you and I are probably just going to be sitting quiet for a little bit, to be honest with you. We're going to kind of take half the night off. I mean, the, the content could basically speak for itself. There's a ton of information that dropped today as far as PFF. We're going to hit the uh, the weekly team grades, kind of how the, the team is moving in the right direction, and you'll see it start to stabilize. We're going to talk about the offensive grades, the defensive grades, the special teams grades. We've got a couple sound bites from Coach LaFleur where he talks about I don't know if you guys seen it, but he absolutely cooked the local media on two down linemen on the defense. Oh. Um, I say this two down linemen, but uh, it's the stuff that we've been talking about all year. And, and of course, I get you know labeled as a Joe Barry apologist. But anyway, um, also he talked about the first INT that Jordan Love threw there in the fourth quarter and gives all the details, the specifics of kind of what went into reading the play, what the defense was showing, all those things. And then I've got a play art where I can show you guys that play specifically, at least that half of the field. I really want to key in on it. And then I just got a message, a a personal message from the 33rd team. I don't know if you guys follow them on Twitter. They're excellent. Absolutely awesome. Uh, You know, uh, website. They sent me a, a DM that had a video of Dean Blandino basically saying, yeah, that was a fumble, guys. That was a backwards pass. So uh, um, anything you want to comment on before we get into the PFF grades, Tim? Uh, no, let's get right to it, man. Let's let's knock it out. Let's go. All right, let's go. Yeah. Um, quick shout-outs to everybody in the chat, man. You guys in here in force tonight, we got Paul Robertson. We got Robert Allen. We got Jeff Schultz. We got Omer in here, keeping them all in line. I like it. Um, let's see let's see who else is in here. Man, you guys had a big old conversation there. That's what's up. Uh <laughs> AFAM, I think I said that right. AFAM Rolf's in here, right? Um, got him in the house. Let's see, Jeff Schultz. Uh, I think I seen Carly in here as well. United Bates in here. What's up, United Bates? Red Mo in the house. Yeah, we got a crew in here tonight. Lane Strong in the building. Yeah, dude, everybody. Look at this. Carly Ray. Who else we got in here? Man, y'all had a long conversation. I apologize. I missed it all. Dead Fish. Too many to mention, Tim. We're not going to be able to do this for long. Mike Hebring in here. Yeah, we appreciate every one of you. I just want you to know that, man. I hate it's a bad thing about the channel growing is it's going to lose that that smallness, and it sucks. But with that being said, let's talk about the PFF grades real quick, and we'll keep an eye on the chat, too, on comments as much as we can. Tim, first of all, weekly PFF grades. Uh, this week against the Steelers, 
kind of stabilized a little bit, 70.2 overall, offensive grade 72.1, pass grade 77.9, pass block 63.1, receiving grade 68.2, running grade 64.3, run blocking 63.5, defense 59.5. That is their second lowest graded game, and you could see it in the run defense all over the tape. 46.7 run defensive grade. Tackle grade 33.5, the worst of the year. Pass rush 68.8, coverage 64.7, special teams grade 64.2. You guys heard me say last night on the post game show, man, when I went just, just initially, now I'm on my second pass through the tape right now, but initially just watching the TV copy whenever, you know, it was live, the tackling was horrendous. A lot of people are like, hey, man, Rudy Ford had a good game, Clayton. He had a lot of tackles, but in my opinion, he didn't have a good game, is what I told you guys. And uh, it kind of shows up. Uh, the run defense grade, guys, keep in mind that run defense grade, 90% of that grade goes into the run fits. How well they're playing their run fits, are they schematically sound? And, of course, you got the tackle aspect that's graded separately. But, Tim, what sticks out to you there, big dog? Anything you disagree with? Anything that pops off the screen to you? Oh, the tackle grade, man. The tackle grade. <laughs> it's bad, it's, bro. It's so bad. So bad. And, you know, that's what I was talking about when we talked offline after the game yesterday about you know, I kind of felt like the defense let us down. And I guess that's that's more of what I was referring to. You know, we we know we struggle with the run in these type of things. I mean, our scheme is set up to defend against the pass. So trying to trying to play run D in a three four is it's already a, a uphill battle, in my opinion. Um, and it's even worse when you can't tackle. I mean, that was yeah, we haven't seen a tackling performance that poor since the Denver game, and we all we all remember that Denver game. So you know, they got to, they got to shore it up, man. We, we have got to get, uh, I, you know, I've heard talk about developmental coaches need to be brought in to this organization, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, and I would agree with that to an extent, but at some, at some point, these players got to be accountable, man. Like yeah. you've got to go out there and execute, man. This is not, you know, this type of tackling issues is something you would see on like a, you know, like a high school team or something something that you can work on with a player and then get them ready for a college game so they can go to that next level that, I mean, really there's like no excuse for this poor technique, bad angles, um, bad execution at the national football league level. It's, it's getting atrocious. And I feel what you're saying about Rudy Ford. I said the same thing about Keyshawn. I'm like, Oh, Keyshawn had a, had a pretty good game there in the slot. And then I kind of looked and I was like, eh, well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so you know again fan with your head not your heart right and that's something i'm i'm trying to do more every day and uh, yeah a little painful to see that that low tackle grade man it's tough Uh, in the chat here too old for this says has anyone else noticed that we haven't won a playoff game since we lost ty summers (laughs) i think not too old for this i'm not saying i'm just saying another one here uh, AFAM, I can't tell if he's joking or not because he put an LOL in the end. He said, do we play zone run defense, LOL? Um, I don't know if it's a, a legit question or not, uh, AFAM, but I will say this, man. Um, watching the tape, some of those big runs came against man coverage. I'm just being honest. It was, uh, you know, it, I don't know. We, we'll get into chalk talk either tomorrow or the next day. Um, I think I, I swore to myself, Tim, I'm doing 12, I'm doing 10 clips, right? I ended up with 15. So there you go. Um, they just hey, it, was, it was the gift that kept giving. You know what I'm saying? And you know, a lot of these games are gonna are gonna dictate that for you as you're compiling the chalk talks. I think depending on the performance we get <laughs> and the type of game it is, we all know what we're in for this week. <laughs> There's just so many plays, man. That like that was like, yep, that had a pretty big impact on the game. Yep, yep. that one did too. It seems like in the wins, there's not as many because it's like. Oh, no, the big play was the touchdown. The big play was the interception, this and that. But when you have a game where it's so much back and forth, back and forth, um, especially with the with our offense going three and out, three and out, three and out, six and out, three and out, I think is the way it went. But uh, Mike Hebering with the super chat, thank you so much, buddy. He said, I don't know, fellas, but I make Pickens beat me. Um, well, if you watch the tape, Mike, that's what they did. Like, that's what's crazy. Um, Matt talked about it, and we're going to talk about the run fit here in a little bit. Um, I almost should, I want to key it up right now, but we'll get so sidetracked, Tim. We'll be on here for two hours. Um, so, essentially, everyone was saying we didn't play the box, right? Oh, we played with a light box. I sent screenshots out today on Twitter. Hey, here's here's another heavy box on third and three. And I, I got it. I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, I didn't, Tim. I set, I set these people up really hard. 
I basically picked – I mentioned on the fourth and one play where they did the toss out, and I said, they say we don't play with a heavy box. We play with a heavy box. They toss it out wide, right? And then I tweeted a picture, and the guys basically came at me saying, well, you shouldn't play it that way, this and that. And I'm like, "That's this is not that play. And the point was – you can grab a handful of plays where they play with a loaded box. The play I picked was a Carrington Valentine pass interference. They played single high, everyone on the line of scrimmage. You had like seven guys on the line of scrimmage. Yep. And like Matt LaFleur said in his presser, which we'll get to in a little bit, that you know, you're assigned to a single gap in that situation. And if you're not playing your gap, what else can a coach do? Right? You you literally going here, listen, right here. You go here, <laughs> and the guy somehow washes out, not gets blocked out, washes out. Now, they did some creative stuff pulling blocks, too. I'm not saying every play was like that, but, man, it was a tough look. So, again, Mike, um, on that play there, I think it was Pickens that beat them. They got the pass interference call on, and then later on, back shoulder throw to Pickens. So, they did play a lot of that game yesterday. The problem was they beat them on two explosives in press man, right? Single high press man where you had the box loaded and they ran the ball on you because guys weren't playing gap sound. So, and again, that's not me saying this isn't Joe Barry's fault. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with how they called the game. There was a couple of plays. It's like, yeah, they really took advantage of your scheme there. But for the most part, it was just what they're not doing Tim. They're not coaching these guys up enough to play, to play gap sound. That's what I think so too. And I think maybe you're, you're putting a lot on their plate and you're asking them to know a lot. And like, you know, like you said, it's, it's really simple here, be here, do this. Here's your assignment, right? There's 11 guys on the field during a play. Everyone's got an assignment, do your job. Well, we either have guys not thinking and using their brains, or we have guys that are overthinking and thinking they know better, or they're going to get, you know, ahead of it, or they're, you know, they're outsmarting themselves basically. And I feel like somewhere in between those two lies trust. And it's a player that trusts it and just goes and plays. And I don't think we have a full trust in what we're doing out there all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that could come with the youth in, in the inexperience too, but I agree, Clayton. I think we got to coach these guys up more on the technical uh, and physical sides of this game um, because they're being schemed properly, in my opinion. And I, I think you would agree with that too. Uh, yeah. in, in nobody's going to call a perfect game. You know, there are times that we're out of position and we don't have a good look or we're, we're down in a hat count. You know, that, that happens. It's called football. You got, you know, Tomlin and LaFleur going at each other all day. You know, you're going to get that. You're going to get matchup issues. I mean, that's, that's why we love this game. But um, I think all in all, man, we, we could use a little bit more, uh, more preciseness out there and, and coaching up certainly is where it starts. Yeah, no doubt. Mike Hebring says, just wanted to clarify. He says, sorry, fellas, I meant Pickett, not Pickens. It still applies, right, Mike? Um, You know, what you're essentially saying with, all right, let's let Kenny beat us. You played single high man, middle field close, right? And you're saying beat us deep down the sidelines. And they did at least two times. One for a huge penalty where they had the guy cooked. And if he didn't grab the jersey, I don't think the guy makes the play is what's crazy. So, you know, if that ball falls incomplete with no pass interference call, you're probably going three and out that very first drive as opposed to – I think it was a three and out. It might They might have gotten one first down up to that point, but you're probably getting off the field there, right, because they took that shot because they were showing, you know, uh, zero in the box. That was – or they were showing like eight in the box. That was a third and three play if I remember correctly, but it's all a big blur. Again, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. All right, um, since we're talking about defense, let's go ahead and hit the defensive PFF grades first, Tim, if that's cool with you, and then we'll come yeah. back to the offense, all right? So – here are the defensive PFF grades. So, Rashawn Gary, 79.1, the highest graded player. Mike right now, Mike Hebring in the chat's going, well, crap. I guess he finally said he was going to earn that check. But, yes, it was a good grade, right? Good grade. He played a gap sound in the run defense. Actually had a couple plays where he was trying to chase the run down, didn't make the tackle, but Gary was leaving it all out there. You could see him on the tape. His tackle grade, though, 42.9. Absolutely horrible. You can't you can't have one of your front four and a nickel two four five be that bad at tackling. You just can't do it. And as soon as I say that, Tim, yep. very next grade, seventy three point five for Kenny Clark. Again, good pass rush grade. You've seen it all over the tape. Look at the tackle grade, twenty three point five. Horrendous. It's I mean it's and you there's one play one of the first runs I break down on Chalk Talk. You'll see it. Just he completely whiffed. Devondre Campbell, he didn't get washed out of his gap. He he gets to the gap. 
And it's like he's looking one gap over, like he lost sight of the running back. And then Jonathan Owens comes in and misses the tackle as well. Kenny missed the tackle. Devondre Campbell gets washed out. And then J.O. misses a tackle, and I think Rudy missed a tackle right after that. Like, it was just – it was bad, man. It was real bad. Uh, Corey Valentine, 71. That's – you know, we talked about that, Tim. He kind of flat. He we said, I think he had a better game than Valentine, and it's showing right here for sure. Um, so, uh, Corey Valentine, 71.0. Uh, Preston Smith, 69.3. Just been one of the most consistent players this year. Look at his – Absolutely. Tackle. Look at that tackle grade, Tim. 75.2, right? That yeah. might have been – that was our third highest tackle grade on the day for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie, another pretty solid game at a 68.0. Run defense, 72.8, getting better uh, as far as gap sound, but the tackle grade, 51.2. These are all the things we talked about, gang, and, it, and it's showing up when it shows up on the tape. When it shows up on the TV copy, then it shows up on the tape. Then PFF's talking about it. You can kind of check the box, right? I was talking to Coach Hahn about that offline. Uh, Carl Brooks, only 14 snaps, but a 66.7. Um, didn't have a tackle grade at all. I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, I didn't key on him much because, again, he had, you know, very few snaps. 67.5 run defense grade. Pass rush was bad, though, 59.4. Anthony Johnson Jr. only played six snaps, 63.7. Good tackle grade, though. Remember, Tim, last week he had He's a bad struggling. tackle grade, right? Yep. So he he recovered there, although it was just a few snaps. Keyshawn Nixon, this is what we were talking about, 62.2 run defense, the run fit. 45.6 with a tackle grade of 56, not going to get it done. Devontae Wyatt, once again, you can see it all over the tape. Uh, run defense, 61.3. Uh, I'm sorry, defense, 61.3. Run defense, 61.1. Pass rush, 58.7. Had a decent tackle grade at 70.7, but the run fit, again, just getting cleaned out there. Uh, Kingsley, very similar, 59.3. We'll jump to the bottom now. Kobe Wooden, only 10, uh, 10 snaps, 29.3. T.J. Slayton, 41 snaps, 40.5, run defense, 39.8. And we thought, you know, on the surface, it was like, man, T.J. made some good plays. We've seen him make tackles, right? Yep, that's what we were seeing. He was yeah. finishing tackles. When you get back and you watch it, you're, there's several times it's like, oh, boy, he did not stay in his gap at all. Yeah, um, and a lot of those tackles are him coming over late and and just, you know, falling on the guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So essentially what you had there, top five, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Corey Ballantyne, Preston Smith, Isaiah McDuffie. But when you peel a layer back, tackle grade for those top five guys, 42.9, 23.5, 43.1, 51.2, and then a 75.2 for Preston Smith. Guys, that's how you give up 200 yards rushing right there. That is a clinic on how to give up 200 yards rushing. <laughs> so um, it sucks, but if you see it, you got to say it. Uh, I think PFF's all over it. I didn't see anything there that I was like, ah, I disagree with that. But, again, when I make the third pass through once Chalk Talk's finished, I may feel different. Something might pop. But I try to watch the tape before I see the PFF grades. That's overall, you know, the uh, the goal every week. So I don't have a biased opinion. But it is what it is. Um, since we were on defense, I'm going to play a couple things here from Matt LaFleur that was really, really interesting to me. You guys have heard a lot of conversation about why are we just playing – We're people think that playing with a light box means the two defensive linemen. That's not what playing with a light box means. Playing with a light box is the hat count within the tackle box, right? And typically if you play with uh, with six or less, that's considered a light box. When you play with seven, you're okay, you're probably matching up unless they're in a spread, then you would consider it heavy. If you've got eight, that's a heavy box, right? We did that over and over and over yesterday. And there was many people that kept saying – that they weren't playing with a heavy ball. Oh, Joe Barry playing with a light box. You heard it all. I can't believe we just got two linemen in there. Guys, it's not two linemen. We have said it a thousand times. Your edge rushers are defensive linemen. They're outside linebackers. And people are still rolling their eyes that Matt LaFleur said this. Like, you understand like that. the party. That's how the league is. That's why we call these guys edge now. Like, this is how yeah, football exactly. is, is looked at now. The traditional defensive end, as it were, is – no, that's he, a fluid. That's a fluid term right now. And here's how you know it: if you switch to a four-three, if you bring in a four-three coach, these guys would be defensive ends. Therefore, they're defensive linemen. That's the way it works. That's yep. that's exactly how it works. And we're gonna, like I said, we'll get to. Uh, let me get the super chat, and then we'll play Matt Lafleur. Smug Industries, thank you for the super chat. He says, "What does this team have have to gain by playing Ford over Johnson? We're three three and six. Play the rookie, Wildy." 
B-T-F-O-B-T-W. All right, man, I'm sorry I'm not up on the slang there. But uh, um, as far as playing Rudy Ford over Anthony Johnson Jr., I think it's the right move because you're still – do you know if Rudy Ford is the safety of the future? Because, you know, honestly, he's played better than any safety we've had right now. Understand, I'm the president of the Rudy Ford fan club. You guys know this. Had a bad game yesterday. No denying it, right? Um, if you want to try to give Anthony Johnson Jr. a start over him, Rudy can play in the box. But that's the thing about this Fangio style is both safeties have to be willing to come in the box and fit those hard run fits. But let's go to Matt LaFleur, and he kind of hits on this. I want you guys to listen to how he answers this to the media. And Smug Industries, thank you so much for the super chat there, buddy. I'm not saying I disagree with you wholeheartedly. It's just I kind of feel like Rudy Ford is the, is the best option for us at safety for the next three years, and it could be in conjunction with Anthony Johnson Jr. I would rather see Rudy Ford and Anthony Johnson Jr. right now to see what Anthony Johnson Jr. has got as opposed to Jonathan Owens. But thank you for the super chat, man. All right, here goes uh, Coach LaFleur. And, again, I think it was Wildy that, that made the comment. Wildy's been catching the wrath of LaFleur, but here we go. This is where you guys were in nickel with the two-down linemen, and they there were a couple of players. That is baffling to me when people talk nickel defense and they talk about two down linemen, because I don't know what that means. True down linemen, you've got two inside linebackers. So outside linebackers, just so you know how us in this profession view outside linebackers. <laughs> when you go to nickel defense, they are defensive ends. And we have some of the bigger outside linebackers in this league. So I think it's comical when I hear people talk about, oh, they have two down linemen. I'm like, to me, people are exposing themselves when they say that. Like, there's four defensive linemen on the field. When we play teams, 3-4 defense is not something new, right? That is our base defense. But when you go nickel defense, those outside linebackers become defensive ends. And the way we always judge it is, would you want a running back blocking that guy? Would you want a running back blocking Preston Smith? Would you want a running back blocking... Rashawn Gary. The answer is usually no. So they are defensive linemen. So now he goes on about the run fit here. Ton of two shell versus us, especially in the second half. He said they ran a, a bunch of two shell against us, especially in the second half. What he's talking about there is they were playing two safeties on the shelf. The inner, the first interception that Jordan Love threw, they were playing cover two man, cover two man, two man under. Basically, everybody's man across the board, two safeties on the shelf. That's why that was a bad decision by Jordan Love. And the reason that the defender was able to tip the ball and get it over. But he's talking specifically about run fit here. They were in two man under and they still hit home in their run gap. Listen to this. And they were still able to stop the run pretty effectively. So every game's a little bit different. Obviously, there's different versions of quarters coverage out there. Some of the quarters coverages, the safeties are hard run support players, where there's other version of quarters where they're a softer, we call it a palms coverage where they're not as quick to trigger into the run support. So you are left. But I thought there was only one stop of quarters. You mean there's multiple with different principles and different. You mean, you mean this league is complex <laughs> with a lighter box. Anytime you give up 200 yards in this league rushing, it's obviously not a good day for you on the defensive side of the ball. We, we obviously have to coach some things better. We've got to put our guys in better positions, but our guys at times when we especially when we're in single safety defenses, there's a saying, one back equals one gap. Everybody is gapped out, and you need the people to show up in those gaps in order to stop the run. And when somebody loses their gap or gets cut out of a gap, that's when you get gashed because they're not where they're supposed to be. Oh. Or if somebody misses a tackle, that's where you get gashed. What? You mean people aren't where they're supposed to be? That, that really caught me off guard there, Tim. Um, and I like what uh, Robert Allen said in the chat here. He said, we run too high and get gashed. Bingo. So what did we do? We started putting eight in the box and playing single high, and we yep. still get gashed. There's nothing else a defensive coordinator can do. It's one of two things. Either your players came in the league and they're horrible football players. I refuse to accept that completely, or your coaches aren't coaching them up enough on their run gap fits, right? Probably a combination of both because we talk about how they draft for high ceiling, high athletic guys, right? I'll tell you who would be in the gap out of the nickel, a man by the name of Brian Branch. But nobody wanted him because he's undersized. He doesn't fit the RAS requirements, all these things. And it's like, 
let's let's keep doing more of the same and keep complaining about tackling. Guys, we've been cl- complaining about tackling since Dom Capers yep. and then Mike Pettin and now Joe Barry. What's the one constant through all of those D coordinators? It's how we draft, right? And in the past, we've drafted and developed, and this coaching staff doesn't seem to be good at developing the players, right? It's just on the surface. I could be wrong, but Tim, you uh, you disagree with anything there? What you what you got on no, that? I, I thought that was really good insight by the floor, though. Spot on, spot on. And then on the flip side, with our offense, when he was talking about, you know, they were playing a lot of cover two or two man under, right? You know, two shell, whatever we call it, and they were still able to stop the run. And it's like, well, you're willing to admit we got issues on our offensive line yet? Because that's that's how that happens. Right. You got two. You're man to man across the board with two safeties on top. We can't throw or run against that. We've got a problem. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have yeah. a problem. You should <laughs> definitely be able to run the ball there. Absolutely. You know, and one would argue, as we've said, man to man, you know, you got your quarterback and your receivers are in sync. You should be able to exploit a matchup. Yeah. You know, and you, remember we, what, you can't seem to do that. Right. You remember what Aaron Rodgers used to say back in the day, they, the, the league caught on to Aaron for a little bit and they would just play two man under because he is so protective of the football. He wasn't thrown into coverage. Now, if he, he always had a saying, if I see the Jersey number, meaning their backs to me, I'm putting it right by their ear. Right. But if you, you won't throw into the safety and it limits your options, what Aaron would always say is, they they would ask, well, how do you combat to the the two man, you know, two on the shelf, the shelf shell coverage, and his response was, you got to run them out of it. We're not running them out of it. We didn't run them out of it yesterday, you know. And again, it's like a comment there in the chat. I think it was Robert Allen said, we we run too high, and we're getting, you know what I mean, ran all over. So um, I like what Omar says here. He says, uh, Clayton got the mug, Paul. He working hard today, and uh, I think someone said he got the uh, Paul Robertson said. He got that diesel in that mug. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So Mike Hebring, with super, or not with a super chat, just a regular chat here. He said, bottom line, the defensive run defense is not good enough. Yes, yes, yes. It's the coaching's responsibility to figure it out and fix it. Yes, yes, yes. But how much of the responsibility falls on the GM? You can give me – you can go to the grocery store and get me three potatoes, right? Three potatoes, some Hershey Kisses, and I don't know, an airplane bottle of Seagram 7 and tell me to make a steak dinner, I ain't making a steak dinner. You know what I'm saying? I'll probably keep a Seagram 7, but that's the story. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you, you can't just put it all on the coaches. You can, and you can rewind all the way back to 2012. They were doing it then. They were doing it under Mike Pettin. Now they're doing it under, uh, under uh, Joe Barry. Again, 
I hope they find another defensive coordinator. One of the reasons is the same reason that I was kind of hoping they get rid of Aaron Rodgers, because that's probably what it's going to take to see that there's a problem. Like that's what I that's how I, I got to that point last year when I would watch the tape and go, that ain't on Aaron. That ain't on Aaron. There's mistakes all the way across the board. These guys can't can't pick up the offense. They can't be where they're supposed to be in the choice routes. And I got to the point where this fan base broke me. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Let's get rid of them. And and I hope I'm wrong. Was I wrong? <laughs> I wish I'd have been wrong. You've seen the struggles got worse, right? So, um, uh, again, you're, you're not wrong there, Mike. Bottom line, the defensive run defense is not good enough, it, and it isn't. It's nowhere near good enough, and these guys aren't responding to Barry as far as the run fits and all that. Again, I think that's more position coaches than the D, than the D.C. The D.C.'s putting a game plan together. The position coaches are trying to coach all that technique and make sure you're fundamentally sound, all those things. But I'm not I'm not in a coaches. I'm not going to pretend like I am either. I'm just watching the tape and saying, hey, here's where I see the issues, right? Um, so with that being said, let's move on to offense, you guys. Um, so offensive PFF grades against the Steelers, Elton Jenkins, this is, you know, we gave Elton a contract, Tim. This is good to see, man. Elton Jenkins, 81.1 pass block grade, 79.4 run block grade, 85.1. Thank you, Elton, for showing up. Thank Big you. E getting it done. Yes. Jaden Reed, 79.1 rookie Jaden Reed, 79.1. Now, when you look at all the receivers, right, Romeo Dobbs had 56 snaps. I'm just trying to take a quick glance. 53, Christian Watson had 51. Jaden Reed only 35. Why is that, Tim? 12 personnel. Yep. If you would stay in 11 personnel, he's one of your best players. Keep your best players on the field. 79.1, excellent. Uh, look at his pass grade, too. That throw that he threw across to Aaron Jones got a 77.8 for that. <laughs> No, it wasn't. That was Jaden Reed. I don't know how he got that pass grade, to be honest with you. I was thinking it was Dontavian Wicks. He got a 69.5. Must have been a little low there. That's funny. Um, so uh Jordan Love, 77.8. All right. Pass passer uh, grade, 77.9, guys. His run grade was a 54.6. So didn't, according to PFF, didn't make good decisions when he was running with the ball. But 77.8, that is a step in the right direction, Tim. That's dude, that fires me up, man. He you're seeing it week in and week out. Now he's getting better. And the tape is showing that, man. The tape's showing that. That throw at the end, that's a mistake on his part. We'll get LaFleur's comments on that here in just a second. But that's really exciting that Jordan Love continues to take a step in the right direction. And you could see it. There was still misses, right? You guys have seen me on Twitter defending Christian Watson. Like that throw, I literally showed the tape. I'm like, people are calling this a drop. The defender smacked the ball away. How is this a drop? Well, he yep. needs to go up over him. What? Like 50-50 balls. Um, Josh Myers, nice little rebound game here, uh, 76.6. Look at the run blocking, Tim, 88.7. What the Rip. heck? Pass blocking, 43.8. <laughs> he Dude, Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde, man. Jekyll and Hyde with Josh Myers. You, ne you never know what you're going to get inconsistency man it's 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 god it's so tough like you don't know what you're going to get out of him right yep. it's it's frustrating but again one of his better grade graded games mainly because that run blocking grade he was i mean evidently when when aj Dillon had the ball he was ready to block 88.7 you've seen some of those big plays we'll show some of that on chalk talk luke musgrave 72.7 tim pass uh passing game grade of 71.3 right Run blocking, 73.1. Remember us talking yesterday? I'm seeing improvement with Luke Musgrave's run blocking. I know probably – or sorry, pass blocking. I know some people probably made fun of me. His run blocking, 62.7. This is a rookie tied in. Yep. Should be hideous at run blocking and pass blocking your first year in the league, right? Yep. He's starting to turn the, turn the corner, man. I'm excited about it. So um, what do you think about the good grades? Then we'll hit on some of the bad there. Um, yeah, Josh Myers does stand out to me. <laughs> we touched on that a little bit. We get too old for this. Best football of his career. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, Josh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes me wonder. It's like, so basically what he's telling us here, if we're just looking at the grades, he's basically saying, look, I can I can run block if you need me to, but that, that that's going to be it. And then you're not going to get much, much pass pro from me. Or I can be really good at pass pro, but I'm blocking ghosts in the run game. Mm -hmm. It's like. Man, if we could just get like, like 
even keel. Like you could just be average across the board in these categories. We'd, we'd be much better off, but you know, I'm not going to bag on him too much. Uh, clearly one of his better games this year. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Musgrave, what can we say, man? You know, it's great to see him doing, getting dirty and doing that, doing the stuff in the trenches that we need. But I think we all know that long-term here, you know, we're not going to need him to be a, a blocking tight end for much longer. Um, he's a field stretcher. He's a weapon. Um, so it's nice to see him doing these things as a rookie that, you know, come with the territory. You got to be able to block if you're a tight end or a receiver, period, point blank. Do you have to do it uh, a phenomenal job at it all the time? No, but you have to be consistent and be effective. And I think uh, Musgrave is showing that and he's just rounding out his game as a complete tight end. So it's good to see in uh, year one. Yeah. Um, Paul Robertson in the chat says, by the time these players become consistent, Goot trades them or jettisons them in free agency. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's tough to see players go to other teams though and perform. You know what I mean? Like, it's always tough. But you, at some point, it's what's crazy is like, you know, this front office, and I know it wasn't specifically Goody. I don't think it was. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Goody. You know, they let Micah Hyde walk, right? They let uh, – Heck, somebody told me, I think it was Jacob was saying that Oren Burks is having a great year. I think in San Fran maybe or wherever he may be. I can't remember where he's at. Yeah, um, San Francisco. Yeah. And you let some of these guys walk and then they do better at another place. It's like, okay, maybe we're not drafting and developing, right? Um, so uh, as far as the bad grades, let's hit some of that, right? I thought Tucker Craft looked good initially, like just on the game tape. I didn't notice him going back and watching it. I say the TV tape, I should say. He got a bunch of snaps. 43.2, though. That that one kind of surprised me. Um, pass blocking grade, 73.3. Run blocking, 42.0. Christian Watson, obviously the biggest eyesore here. 54.3, 54.5 in the passing game. Run blocking, 56.2. I will say this. When I went and watched the tape on Christian Watson, there's no separation. And there was also a mistake. I, I say a mistake. I'll let LaFleur speak on it. Actually, we'll play that right now so you guys can kind of hear what LaFleur said. Um, about the play there um, in the fourth quarter, the first interception, okay? And uh, it, to me, it's like he he's not selling his routes completely. He's not running great routes. And you guys know I'm a Christian Watson fan. I think I don't think in no way, shape, or form should we give up on him. I think he's probably still a little bit hurt. Uh, but also, you've got to refine those route running skills, especially when you get down there inside the red zone where you can't just stretch the field vertically. But let's see what LaFleur had to say about that last play, okay? Um, again, he's going to kind of go into detail. I got a little play art we can draw up here, too, and just show you guys real quick, and then we'll get back to the chat. But here's uh, Coach LaFleur. There's a lot of things that could have uh, gone differently on that play in, in regards to we got to make sure that uh, when we're running a double move, you want to always run the first move first and put your eyes back to the quarterback um, to maybe get a defender to bite. But, uh, you know, you got to give it up. To, to Patrick Peterson, he made a hell of a play on that play and, and did a good job of batting that ball back to Keanu Neal, and they made a play. So, um, but yeah, do I, do I think it was necessary? You know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, he was decisive and, you know, we got to live with it. He's trying to be so nice right now. <laughs> but um, I'd say typically when they, when they are playing a, a shell defense, usually that's not where it goes. All right. So usually when they play a shell defense, that's not where the, the play goes. All right. I'm going to draw it up in a second. Here's part two of his comments. Route to win. Um, I just think a lot of times, what from my past experiences dealing with wideouts, tight ends, running backs, whoever that is running a double move, a lot of times guys lose their patience. And if you're running – we call that a, a, an Omaha pump, so a quick out and up. You want to make sure that you flash your eyes and run the Omaha portion of the route to hopefully get the defender to bite to open up the second portion of that route. Like Musgrave was right next to him. I thought Luke did a really nice job of getting his eyes back. We, that's a stick nod that he was running. And, um, you know, he ran the stick portion of the route hopefully to get the, the guy covering him to undercut the route and open you up down the field. All right. So, uh, Mike Webbering, I see the super chat, buddy. I'm going to get to it in just a second. Please be patient. Um, here is the play diagram, okay? We were in 12-gun nasty, right, the nasty splits. 
and we ran. I'm just going to focus on the left side of the play, okay? Because that's what that's the play side. Omaha pump stick nod, okay? I can't show you guys a cursor on this image, so you got to really follow along. On the far left side, you got the Z, right? That was Christian Watson. All right, why is he the Z? He's lined up on the same side as the Y. Okay, you see the Y on his side of the field. So it was Christian Watson and Luke Musgrave. So essentially what was happening is it was a double move for Christian Watson. He's going to run an out and an up. That's called an Omaha pump. You'll see on Chalk Talk, Jordan Love really mails in the pump fake too. Not that it would have mattered because Christian doesn't even put his eyes on the quarterback. You've got to sell that. They're playing two-man under. You notice the two circles at the top of the screen. Everyone's in man coverage underneath, right? And it's just, just a four-man rush. You'll see they tried to overload the right. What they were trying to do is get T.J. Watt in an isolation in a wide nine on Zach Tom, right? So you they know they've got safety help over the top. And nine times out of ten, they'll bite on that underneath route, right? But as soon as the ball was snapped and Jordan seen, okay, middle field open, That what, what, what I mean when I say middle field open and middle field close, okay, this is middle field open. The safety split, two on the shelf, shell coverage, right? And you're in man coverage underneath. That means middle field open. If you had a, sa a safety in the middle of the field, just single high, that's called middle field close. If they were playing a single high, like a cover one robber here, where there's just one safety deep down the center, you take that shot to Christian. As soon as he dropped back and you see him kind of half-heartedly do the pump fake, Christian, first of all, Christian didn't get his eyes on the quarterback. It was a bad route. It was a sloppy route. I'm showing how the route's supposed to be ran. It was more of a kind of angle toward the sideline than cut up the sideline, right? It wouldn't even be considered a, a wheel route. But, he, I mean, he mailed in the Omaha pump. Jordan mailed in the pump fake as well. He just kind of moves his shoulders just a touch, right? Safety over the top. As soon as the ball snapped, his eyes go to the safety. Middle field open, middle field close. He should have seen middle field open and came completely off of Christian Watson, then worked back to the Y on the stick nod, and then you got your safety valve underneath. You'll notice the squiggly lines going to the right. That's showing how the backer was vacated on the swing, uh, the swing route there to Aaron Jones out of the T. And the U, Tucker Craft, was left open. When I say left open, he had about five yards separation between him and the defender. It was a second and nine or a second and ten play. You pick up easily five yards, maybe even seven or eight, and now you're in a third and short situation, and you've really got them pinned down. Instead, you misread it. You go, you you read middle field close as a as opposed to middle field open. You threw to the wrong read. The defender gets his hand on the ball, and everybody on – not everybody, a lot of people on Twitter immediately say, Christian Watson needs battle for that ball. You threw into double coverage in a too-high shell. That's a misread. You can't blame Christian Watson just because you got rude with his parents and they're roasting you on Twitter, right? That's essentially what it comes down to. Hopefully that makes sense, Tim. Did that connect the way oh, I yeah. – okay. I mean, That's easy, right? Cover two, you're – you know, you look to the middle of the field, right? I mean, you got single high, you want to go to the boundary. I mean, this is like elementary school football 101 here. This is not new. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, Coach LaFleur, spot on, man. You have to run the route properly. And if you have a double move built into a route and you're merging that into one kind of fluid motion and kind of, you know, like you said, Clayton, you're kind of mailing it in. Well, if you don't believe in the fake that you're, that you're putting on the defender. Well, that, that defense isn't going to believe it either. There's right. just no way. And yeah, the subtleties of the game are everything. You want to, you want to go to film school, turn on Tay Adams tape and watch him run double moves and watch where his head and eyes are at. Watch how his shoulders move. Watch how he baits a defender and gets him to commit before he bounces it back to the outside. These are things that come with experience and we're in year two with scoot. Um, but we want to we want to see progress here. So here's another thing in our notes that we can, you know, check some boxes going forward. Watch him on these routes. Let's see if these routes crisp up a little bit after we, you know, watch some film here. Um, but yeah, I mean, dragging Kristen Watson is just foolishness, guys. You know, this guy's got more talent in his pinky finger than most of us do in our entire bodies. So I know he's just, got more than me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just let's just pump the brakes. And as far as uh, you know. Christian's mom and dad roasting anyone. I don't think they're roasting anyone. I think they're telling the truth and you're just calling it how it is. And that's what it is, you know? And um, I don't think anyone's out of line. You can't blame a parent for defending their child, first of all. And second of all, you people are absolute 
scum of the earth out here on social media. So like, just watch yourselves, people. Like, there's no need to make anything personal when we're talking ball. You know, we can talk about, hey, you see how Coach LaFleur handled it, right? You you talk about the game. You talk about the route. You talk about the concept. You talk, talk about the about execution. <laughs> yeah, talk about what happened. Don't, you know, don't tell me he's glass or don't tell me he's he's got to go up there and get that 50-50 ball. I'm sorry, you'll never make me believe a ball thrown into double coverage is a 50-50 ball because there's two defenders there and one of our guys. That's not a 50-50 ball. <laughs> yeah. And Goose said in the chat here, and I'm going to Mike's super chat next, but he said, remember what Adams looked like in year two. The, the same things, and people don't want to believe it, the same things that are being said about Christian were being said about Tay Adams. You know, that That's would be a cool nice. text message right now. You hear about players te- keeping up with each other and texting. It'd be cool if Tay reached out yeah. to, to, to Scoot and just say, hey, I'm man. I'm sure he has a screenshot it too, showing yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, um, man, keep your head down and keep working. Work through this. You're, yeah. you're going to get over this and, and move to that next level, just like just like he did, you know? Right. And when his dad went to Twitter today, his dad basically, I mean, he he cut deep. He was like, y'all did the same thing to Aaron Rodgers when they drafted him. Y'all, y'all hated, y'all dogged Aaron Rodgers because Brett was your quarterback, right? And he, he just pointing out the obvious. Now, listen, it's not, I'm not, he's, Tim's not saying it's our listeners. We're not seeing anybody in the chat. We're speaking just very generally because if you go to Twitter, man, and you see them, like, again, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it on social media. Don't be a chicken to my cuss. Don't, don't be, don't be that guy. Don't be the internet tough guy. Right. Like, and again, if you, if you don't like his play, you can say, oh yeah, man, I don't like his play, but going at them in their mentions, like that's just or attack, like looking up, you know, Krista Lynn's profile and and just throwing, throwing grenades for no reason. Like, yeah, I don't care. It's an embarrassment to us as a fan base. First of all, have some, have some respect for these players who, who put their bodies on the line and have some respect for their families, you know, like, I don't know, man. It just it makes me sick, man. I ain't gonna tell nobody how to fan, but man, don't fan that way if you can please avoid it because that's yeah. not a good look, man. Exactly. Um, Mike Hebring with the super chat. Thank you for being patient, buddy. Sorry for the delay. He said, Can you can you tell defense is my passion? I can't help it. Played defensive end in high school and college. It's what I know. Just love to see a top D that dictates in Green Bay. Could you imagine having a top three defense in Green Bay? That will oh my God, dude. It's what we all want, Mike, right? And we all want the same thing. I think a large majority of us just see it a little bit different, right? It's not like we're way off. I want a good run defense too. This run defense is not good. Never has said it was, right? And that's the thing. You're right, Clayton. We just want a good one. We don't need this great iron wall, like impenetrable force, you know, run stuffing defense. We just need a – just good. Just be good. Good enough. Hold hold a hold an offense. Let's start holding an offense consistently to say seventeen points and less, right? Consistently do that. That's a that's a really good offense or a really good defense, right? And that's totally obtainable too. That's attainable yeah, for this defense. It's we just can. not obtainable when you constantly change coaches and just now now it's a new scheme coming in. You know, uh, you know. Again, I look at the scheme. I don't see a problem with the scheme. It's execution, and, and again, that's on the coaches not teaching that the executional aspect, right? The fundamentals, that's, that's Mike Wall talking, not me, right? He watches, he goes, I don't know what to teach over there, right? But many people are just, Joe Barry's bad, the scheme's horrible, all these things. What you're probably going to want to do, I think it's all safe to, it's safe to say there's going to be a new DC next year. Go to the top three defenses in the league. And when you go to those top three defenses, what I would key in on is go to the least talented defense, meaning there's less superstars on the defense because that means that de- that defensive uh, coaching staff has done more with less, right? And go pick the youngest, brightest mind in that organization and bring them as the DC, right? That's kind of how I'm seeing it. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not for Jim Leonard and all that because we're Wisconsin fans, and you know, I just like you got to. I want someone who's who's been in the trenches, right? The ideal situation would be a former defensive player who's on one of those top staffs who's young, can relate to players, all those things, right? That's the thing that kind of – that that attracts me um, as opposed to, you know, let's go get someone just because they're popular in the fans' eyes. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I see it. But, Mike, man, I, I, I share the passion there, buddy. I'm more of an offensive guy personally. I really get into the X's and O's of the offensive side and how route concepts work and, and scheming up, you know, 
different types of run blocking, whether it's gap, whether it's zone, whether it's duo, all those things. Uh, those are the things that I get excited about. So I, I relate to to what you're saying. I like what 2-0 for this says. It says, Ted Lasso for D.C. Hey, believe. Just believe, right? Ain't that the, ain't that the saying? <laughs> Let's do this. Let's hit special teams real quick. I can't believe we rolled through this stuff so quick, Tim. We've done good, dude. Um, I know it's showing I got a bad connection. Hopefully everything's coming through clear. But uh, let's see. Um, we showed the play art. Let's hit the special teams grade, and then we'll get to a, Dan, a Dean Blandino breakdown real quick as well. But uh, where's it at here? I know I've got it. Special teams, bang. And uh, there's some good and some bad here, right? Um, Luke Musgrave had 10 snaps, 74.0. Robert Rochelle, of course, he got hurt, 13. Special teams snaps, 72.2. Tucker Craft on special teams, 71.3. You're starting to see that every week, Tim. He's he's a he's contributing on special teams. Sign me up, right? Yeah, he's playing, he's playing for a job, man. He sees yep. he sees blood in the water. He knows he knows 81 isn't getting it done out there. He sees DeGuar and like, I gotta get yeah. him on his Oh yeah, he's about he's about to play his way up the depth chart. I guarantee it. So salute to Tucker Craft, man. That's that's the path in this league, right? Get it done on special teams and win yourself a spot out there on some of these uh offensive snaps here so good for him yeah absolutely zane anderson again shining at 70.4 so that's good news um i'm gonna drop down this banner real quick the ticker because you can't see the guy i want to highlight here you ready all the way at the bottom oh, josiah Aguara, 29.7 once again there are still people that make fun of pff and they're not fans of pff what did we see on tape Aguara completely whiff on that blocked extra point you go that to wasn't the only whiff either Right, that's what I'm saying. And he had 17 snaps on special teams and graded out of 29.7. I'm not trying to pile on the guy, but the Josiah DeGuara experiment is over. I want to see Ben Sims completely replace, you know, and I understand he's technically an H-back, although they now have him listed as a tight end once again. I would, you know, I'd just about say set him inactive, bring in Henry Pearson if you want a fullback, and see what yeah. you got there, right? Let's Something's got to change there. Yeah, that, that that's – 81's becoming a liability at this point. Big now time. I don't know how how this team's being coached on special teams, but I've got an idea. I, I've met Coach Patia <laughs> uh, a few times, and I've I've watched his work. Um, I've seen his work, so we know what type of special teams coordinator we have. And I can almost guarantee, almost I'm not going to fully guarantee, but I can almost guarantee a coach like that would be telling his players, "Well, if you're beat off the edge, that that nasty." Just hold them, and we'll we'll take the flag, and we'll trot out there and kick the longer extra point. <laughs> like, why are you letting the guy just roast you? Yeah. I mean, we I can't wait till I know you're going to pick that one for chalk talk because I mean I don't know what he was looking at, where his hands were, where his feet were. I don't I don't know what the objective was, but I don't even think he was in a position to hold if he wanted to. It's strange because there were some people maybe in this chat said. It was like he uh, – it must have been a silent count or something, right? And I don't necessarily agree with that. It looks like he zoned out. It, it looked like yeah. he got into the giggle bush or something. The because you can't – correct me if I'm wrong, in that set when you're kind of – you know, that line is kind of arced on a on a, on an extra point or a field goal, he can't really look to his right like, you know, like Bakhtiari would do, right, where you're glancing at the ball, watching for the snap. It's a little harder to do. Yeah. So you're kind of almost looking at that dude in front of you, right? That you're supposed to block, bro. He, that guy moves. Maybe you should move. The only I way mean, I don't know. You you tell me, man. I don't know. The only way it would have made sense to me is if there had been a flag, because it looks like he almost thought they blew the play dead. It's like the ball snapped, and he just like, like, yep. why are we still playing? And they they literally blocked the kick, and blocking that extra point cost you the game. It, you know, and that's that's Mike Tomlin 101. That's how he wins ball games, right? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I the day that that we can be on the winning side of that. But uh, it's not just so frustrating when you see the stuff coming, right? And then we see we see this happen. It's like, well, what did we prep for, man? Come on, like, yeah. why are we caught off guard by this? Absolutely. The Badger Trio says Musgrave is going to be very good. Completely yep. agree. Mike Hebring said Kraft stepping up. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm really excited. They're, they're you know they're they're taking steps in the right direction. There's no two ways about that. Um, I think the team is on the right track. Again, I'm going to flash it up here one more time for you guys. Just as a quick reminder, um, when you look at the PFF grades weekly, what you got is 
Great game against the Bears, 75 75.7, 65.9, 67.9, 64.1, 67.1, 63.3, 63.6. You're seeing the floor in the 63s, right? Then you jump up to 81.5, and you go back down a touch to 70.2. You're seeing things stabilize, right? You hit that valley there against the Lions uh, and, and, and uh, the Broncos and the Vikings, and then, bang, you bounce back. And listen, everyone last week, including myself, said, hey, look, this was a this was an ugly Rams team, right? We we beat a bad team the way we should have beat a bad team. Pittsburgh's a good team. They're six and three. They're going to the playoffs in the AFC if if everything keeps going as planned. They're going to the playoffs in the AFC, a tough, tough, tough AFC. An AFC with teams like, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo and Baltimore and Miami, right? And they'll be in the playoffs. And we went toe-to-toe with them with this young team. And I get it, man. It, it sucks the, you know, the, the moral victory every week of man, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. But you've got to acknowledge it. You got to acknowledge this team is getting better, and Jordan's getting better, and that's exciting. So, uh, one last thing here, Tim. I'm going to share the screen real quick. And again, the 33rd team uh, DM me this. This is pretty cool. Um, they just said, "Hey, thought you'd want to see this." Um, so I'm going to share it. Make sure you guys go show them some love on Twitter. I shared the uh, the link on Twitter. So go to their uh, site, give them a click. Uh, for uh, actually taking the time to send this over to us. It's an excellent site, I'm telling you. It's run by football people, right? This is Dean Blandino, the former – I think he was the former head of officiating, if I remember correctly. But uh, just ignore the Lions hat, all right? Obviously, he's either a Lions fan or he's just trolling a little bit here. But here, you can see this okay, can't you, Tim? Yeah, oh, yeah. I see that ugly helmet or that ugly (laughs) uh, Detroit Lions uh, hat there that he's wearing, yeah. He's got the jawline to wear a hat, though. I wish I did, man. I get this tadpole head. I can't can't look that good in a hat. But here we go, man. This is him talking about the Kenny Pickett play. Maybe. It's the midway point and uh, no shortage of crazy interesting plays. Let's go to Green Bay, Pittsburgh, second quarter, 334 remaining. Pittsburgh with the ball at their own 16, second and nine. Green Bay's down 17-13. Kenny Pickett with a little bubble screen out to Jalen Warren. The ball is on the ground. The Packers are scrambling for it. They recovered at the Pittsburgh three. They get it into the Steelers' end zone, but the officials rule the pass forward and incomplete. Forward and incomplete. So Packers coach Matt LaFleur challenges the ruling on the field. You can review whether a pass was forward or backward. Here's the deal. With this, if it is backward, the Packers will get the ball, but they're not going to get a touchdown. The ball is dead. As soon as the officials rule incomplete, they'll give the Packers the recovery, but there's no advance. But they're going to get the ball if this is backward. First and goal at the Steelers' three with a chance to go ahead in the game late in the second quarter. It goes to review, and the ruling on the field stands. And I know a lot of people were surprised. I was surprised that the ruling on the field stood. Let's talk about the rule. It is a forward pass. If the ball strikes the ground, a player, an official, or anything else at a point that is nearer the opponent's goal line than the point at which the pass, the ball leaves the passer's hand. That's the rule. So you go, you look at where Pickett is, you look at where he releases the pass, you look at where the ball ends up, where Warren touched it or hit the ground. If that point where it was touched by Warren is behind or even parallel to where it was released, that is a backward pass. And I thought there was one shot on the broadcast, a low angle looking right down, almost right down the nine yard line. Pickett releases it at the nine. The ball to me was touched behind the nine. And if I'm making this decision in replay, I'm reversing it. I'm making it a backward pass, and I'm giving the Packers the ball first and goal at the Steelers' three. These are tough calls on the field. And, again, you talk about philosophy. Before replay, the philosophy was make it incomplete. We didn't have a replay to correct these things. You don't want to be wrong on a backward pass that goes for a touchdown, so make it incomplete. Now with replay, the lean is more to let it play out. Because now, if you don't let it play out, the Packers get the ball, you're going to take away a score if it truly is a backward pass. Look, they ruled incomplete. I'm reversing that. I felt it was clearly backward. And uh, it goes back to the old philosophy of replay. Can you convince 50 people 
in a bar that that pass was backward. I think with the one low angle on the nine-yard line, I could convince. I'd have to maybe kick some Steelers fans out of the bar, but I could convince 50 people in that bar after the Steelers fans are gone that that was clearly a backward pass. I love it. You you have to – if you had to convince 50 people in the bar, could you convince them? I'd have to kick the Steelers fans out, but I could convince them. Um, it, it was a game changer, like they're saying here in the chat, Badger Trio. Uh, it was a game changer. Couple that with the blocked extra point, right? Um, God, it's just every game, Tim, there's something like this that freaking happens, dude. Every game. Yep. <laughs> That's all you got. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I, first of all, I like Dean Blandino a lot. I, I appreciate his insight. He's uh, much more insightful and entertaining than a lot of these other rules analyst guys. Um, and, you know, he said something that's very true, but I'm going to put a little asterisk by it because he says, you know, the tendency that we want to do here as a, as a officials is let it play out. And my reaction is like, yeah, depending on which crew we get, because we all know there's refs out here that love them some spotlight. They love to oh, blow that true, whistle. They love to walk up in the middle of the field and, and talk and point and, you know, they, they love it. So make sure their shirts tight so you can see their boss. Yeah, man. You know, it's about me, man. Hey, the refs are here too. It's like you know, the best officiating crews in any sport are almost unseen. They're almost, you almost don't even know they're there until you need them. We didn't have that crew guys. We didn't have that crew. Um, and that's why I, it still boggles my mind. He also said it was a tough, tough review. I, I disagree. I, I think a, you know, someone made a comment. Stevie Wonder could have saw that was a, a backwards pass. So, I mean, the memes they they put Stevie Wonder in a striped shirt. And I was like, like I and you know. hit it on the head, Clayton. With that, you want to argue about camera angles? That that camera angle, if anything, it it would help. We would definitely see if it was forward. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, Kurt Benkert. I mean, that's a pretty good breakdown too, right? Where is it leaving his hand? Look at the nose of the football. Look at the fact that the receiver had to turn around and grab that ball on his butt cheek to try and catch it. I mean, there are like Steeler fan or not. I mean, there's got to be some Steeler fans seeing this going, yeah, oh yeah, we got we got away with one there. You know, like there's got to be. You know, you've got to be objective at some point. And this, here's the thing: as football fans, this is just bad, bad for the game, man. It really is stuff like this. It's just bad for our sport, you know. And the whole point of review, the whole point of challenge flags, is to get it right. And when you go through this crap, you know, not to mention that insult to injury, we, you know, we lost the timeout. You know, we talked about why we didn't try and you know move the ball a little more going into halftime. Well, we lost the timeout on a challenge for a play that we shouldn't have had to challenge. You know, those things all come into play uh, towards the end, you know, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's disheartening to see that impact a game like this, especially a game that was uh, decided by less than a touchdown, you know? Yeah. Yep, it's tough. Uh, Carly Ray in the chat says, or put a freaking chip in the freaking ball. We have the technology. We can we can hit we can hit a an asteroid, right, or a uh, whatever it's called, in space – with an object the size of a Volkswagen, right? And this thing doing tens of thousands of miles an hour through space, but we can't put a chip in the ball and get a call like this, right? Now, I agree with Carly. Simple totally. The tech, the tech is there, totally. But, like, do we really need a computer chip? I'm looking. I'm look, look, what we're looking at. We're looking at it. And, and those side judges and those officials, they get paid, too. And they get paid to do this job and to be able to get these calls right. You know, back when when we were little pipsqueaks, Clayton, you know, our, our our parents and grandparents, they had to just deal with crap like this. There was no review. There was just a bad call. And, you know, the Miller Lite commercial came on and you just went about your business. And it was it was on to the next play and we all had to deal with it. Now it just makes me sick when we have to look at this tape, 22 different cameras. We get a review and we have a process for this and you still... Get the call wrong. I don't know. Maybe we need a computer chip the the officials, not the football. AI officials from here on out. Get Elon Musk on that. Um, yeah, Badger Trio says the same thing. XFL uses chips in the balls for sure. Um, I like this. Jim Tossum was there in the house at uh, at uh, Akershire Stadium Field, whatever it's called. The Steelers fans around me thought it was backwards. There you go. And, and I guarantee you, if this had happened to the Steelers, 
I'd be right now on this show going, guys, we got away with one there. Yeah, absolutely. You got to call it as as it happens, man, for sure. Yep. With that being said, I think we're done, Tim. You got any parting thoughts for these folks in here? We hit everything we wanted to get to, huh? Hey, man, we rattled it off quick, dude. People accuse me of being fueled up over here on the diesel and the, and the old floor, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> do what you got to do, right? Um, yes, no sir. performance enhancers over here. All right, I'm clean. I'll take a test. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Um, but again, I want to thank the 33rd team. Guys, make sure you go, like I say, click on my, that tweet that I put out and just go to their site and give them a click. They do awesome work. And the fact that they took the time to reach out and say, hey, just want you to know our guys got you back over here. <laughs> I appreciate it. I know that. But, That's awesome. Uh, with that being said, it's cool. We're, we're creating a lot of cool connections. We really are. And uh, the thing's starting to starting to catch a lot of momentum. And I'm having a blast, man, just getting to, getting to know people a little bit better. Um, from all over. There's some that I've caught when they don't like what we do because we lean on the tape. We lean on, hey, here's what's happening on the field, not how I feel in an emotional state during the game, you know, uh, type thing. And that's that's all we're trying to do. We're not perfect. We're the furthest thing from perfect. But we're always going to try to bring you the truth. We're always going to try to show you, hey, here's what we've seen. Here's the clip. Here's why we think it happened, thought it happened. And obviously everybody's comments are welcome, whether we agree or disagree, right? Um, that's what makes this world go round. So with that being said, we're going to get out of here. want to give a special thanks to the Super Chats. Thank you, Mike Hebering. Thank you, Smug Industries. Really appreciate y'all supporting the stream. Uh, everybody with great insight in the comments tonight. Uh, really, really enjoyed hanging out with y'all. For those of you listening on the pod, thank hey, you for hey, making Yeah, buddy. Sorry to cut you off. Did we uh, we get our winner? Oh, we did get our winner. I'm glad you said it again. Um, so he didn't reach out, okay? Gunsmoke Games. All right, Gunsmoke Games, please shoot me an email, okay, at uh, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You're the winner. If we don't hear from him, we got to move on to Casey Zarnowski, okay? But the third winner, Jason Tebow, actually reached out to me. He emailed me and said, hey, man, I'm third in line. Just wanted you to know if you don't find them, I'd love to have it, okay? So if we don't hear from Gunsmoke Games or Casey Zarnowski, in the next few days, I'm just going to give it to Jason Tebow. So please, 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 if you're one of those two, Gunsmoke Games or Casey Zarnowski, please reach out. And, again, we got ways to confirm they are who they're saying they are, so please don't try to create a fake email. We'll, we'll be able to sniff it out just like that, okay? Not that anybody in our chat would do that, but believe me, I'm sure somebody will hear it and go, hey, I'll get me a jersey. Uh, but, uh, again, thank you guys so much. Thank you for reminding me of that, Tim, because I really oh, – we got to give it a few more days. I don't want to – the last thing I want to happen is go, okay, Jason Tebow, it's your jersey, and then Gunsmoke Games reach out and go, hey, man, I heard of one song. I would feel like a jackass. So, like, please, I don't I don't want to do that. So, uh, hopefully they come come forward here soon. And that's why we spin it three times, or else we'd be spinning it again next week, right? So, yep. but thanks for the reminder, Tim. So, again, thanks to everybody in the chat. Really appreciate you all. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. Also, no good morning, Lambo tomorrow. I'm sorry. Uh, Got to take time to break down a tape for Chalk Talk, so we'll take the day off tomorrow. We should be back either Wednesday or Thursday with Good Morning Lambo, getting great feedback uh, there. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over. If he's back, he's down the first man who's inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.